Hello, this is a show about the economics of rock and roll. I'm your host, Ryan Bazinet, and this is the No Love Songs Music Business Podcast. This episode features Blake Sandberg, creator of post-punk band Aliens. Blake talks about what touring has in common with politics and Blake's strategy to promote the new Aliens EP on radio stations. Check it out. But first, let's kick things off with a clip from Aliens and their 2022 single, Leave Luck to Heaven. How you doing? I'm good. Good to see you. Again. Yeah, you too. you too. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. This podcast is about unapologetically treating a rock band as a business, which I think is is a little bit controversial for um, for for some people. Maybe even more so in the sort of you know punk or DIY community. But my thinking is, we're playing in bands. It's expensive. We spend a lot of money to do what we do. Um, we deal with personnel right we deal with uh, with marketing our music we're trying to get our music out um to people getting people to listen to it um so basically all the stuff that we're doing is the same stuff that that businesses do when they're trying to you know create a startup so um so i guess just just to start off that's where i'm coming from and i'm curious do you think of aliens like what do you think of this idea is aliens a business to you uh sure it is i mean I think it's inevitable if you keep doing it, it becomes like a business. And especially if you want to play somewhere where they charge at the door, for instance, or um, if you put out your music and and try to sell it instead of give it away or something. Um, I mean, it's a whole universe of possibilities uh, at this point. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with it being a business. I mean, it's like the music business, right? Like, so... Um, so uh, no, I think there's there's a lot to learn, and it, and and the music business is actually a real thing, and and when you deal with venues and uh, promoters and uh, all sorts of different people involved in it, then you get to know more about it. And but what it really is is, is just people, you know, and um, and different opportunities and uh, different ways of promoting your music and um and you know potentially uh getting to play in front of different people so right the, and then and then it's about those people too okay so it's it really once you start to think about it it really becomes about all these people and um and then whatever you're making to present to them and then how you want to present it to them, if that, if that right. makes any sense. So it's not a, a totally controversial idea to you. So no, not at all. Especially like you know, I have a dot com for aliens, and I've been doing this for a while, and it's uh, it's something I'm serious about, and I and I want to get a as wide an audience as possible, and uh, and get to play in front of as many people as possible, and um, you know, find uh, new avenues of ways of doing this and um you know 
keep creating more and more. That's like I guess really the the goal. Um, and uh, but no, I think treating it as a business is not a um, you know like a bad word or anything like that. I mean, um, not to me. I mean, I don't I don't think you can uh, differentiate. Like, I mean. There's also the art form of it, right? But then there's if you're going to present it to people and stuff, then the business stuff creeps into it. So, you it's kind of like if you can put them together the way you feel comfortable with it, then there's there's no reason there's no I don't really know if there's an argument for it. It's all about what your what each band or entity artist whatever is is comfortable with. And one of the things that I know you're doing now is you're promoting this new album. And um, I'm really interested in your your radio strategy, which we were just talking about a little bit, because I think that's like that's 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 huge to get your music out on the radio. And I know you mentioned you've had success with that in the past. So can you just talk about how you do that? Yeah, sure. Um, So it's it's not really an album. It's an EP. it's uh it's really only six tracks um and there's a seventh because one of them is explicit so it's there's a bleeped one on there but anyway but it's an EP it's called Agoraphonic and uh and it just came out and it includes uh two new singles that we recorded uh here locally with Martin BC who's who's just a his studio is just a few blocks away from here now so um and I used to live just a a block and a half away from here so um anyway but uh. So the Agoraphonic EP, we uh, we combined uh, the new singles with some other singles that I put out only on Bandcamp, and they hadn't really been um, promoted or anything. Um, so I decided I would put this together and try to package it in a way to to send to radio, and um, so decided to make CDs rather than just send a digital file because it seems so like you know. I'm sure they get inundated at stations with with digital files, and it, it it's kind of like ignorable. So I figured if I sent a physical thing, it would uh, maybe make more of an impact. So uh, we put this put this uh, together and uh, and sent it out. and And years before, when when the Head First album came out, uh, did the same thing, and uh, you know tried to push it to radio. And fortunately, got uh, quite a few songs from the the album out on the radio uh nationally at all over the place and uh that kind of snowballed and led to touring the country and um so now we're sort of restarting after covid so uh, i just thought it would be a good way to to try to see what these singles can do and kind of it gives a sort of uh Basically, it compiles singles from the album to the present, so it gets people caught up with where we are now as a band, and um, so that was kind of the idea behind it. And then we basically pressed up a bunch of them, and I think we sent out about 150 uh, to different radio stations, uh, both uh, like FM stations and also uh, um, like internet stations, and stations that uh, you know I. Uh, we got airplay on before and but it's mostly college and independent radio stations and um and it you know it's starting to work so i just found out that uh it actually entered the uh alternative chart uh an accc chart is what it's called um and so that's 
awesome. uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, congrats. <laughs> um, so we're just trying to do whatever we can to to get heard. And, uh, I, you know, I, I had picked these songs because I thought, um, especially the two new singles, uh, one is a Leonard Cohen cover. It's called Tower of Song. And we don't usually do covers that often. It was just something that came up, came to me uh, as an idea of something to do uh, during COVID. Um, and uh, and I was messing around with it. And then eventually, when I got the opportunity to go in with Martin B.C. and record, uh, that song kind of came to the forefront as well as uh, Leave Luck to Heaven is uh, my original song that we recorded. Um, and uh, so those two songs and then um, uh, several other songs, uh, including Enjoy Killing Time, which came out during COVID. Um, and so it's like some new things. And then a few, uh, there's one track from the Head First album that's on there uh, just to sort of connect the dots. And... Um, and then a couple other songs that were just like Bandcamp singles. Right. Cool, yeah. cool. So you sent out 150. How many hits do you think you got or how many people, How many stations do you picked it up so well, far? I, I don't know okay. at the moment because it is actually changing. We got word that uh, it got added to another station. So it's all like really happening right now and really like kind of of the moment. So um, I think there's about 20 stations that are playing it right now, but I'm not really totally even sure. Um, that's great. So, uh, and they might not have been playing it directly from your mailer too, right? Cause now that it's on this chart, they might pick it up from there. It is true. It, yeah. So the, this is the other thing is like, as you do all this stuff, you end up learning, you know, I learned before when I did this with the album, uh, via like CMJ because, uh, CMJ basically compiled like independent radio and college radio and, um, uh, would put that together as their chart of what was playing or whatever and um so now that's gone um there's no more cmj so it's now like nacc and i don't really know that much about it so it's like a learning process when you kind of put yourself into this um by you know trying to to interact with the radio stations but i Mm -hmm. i just i like the idea of um you know having a song that's on the radio and uh, i'm um what was i gonna say like i guess uh you know, I try to write good songs, and uh, and it's just something that when it happened before, which was very surprising <laughs> with the album, uh, now it was, it was something that I thought, like, well, maybe we could do that again, you know? And um, so just trying to find our way to listeners, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. And and you're independent? No, no label? No label. I, mm-hmm. I just have my own label, um that uh i've been doing on my own it used to be called miscellaneous music and uh and now it's called severed leg productions which uh i i've been using the other one was actually like a sort of a subsidiary of severed leg productions <laughs> um but now I just combine it all back under under the name uh severed leg productions so slp nyc whatever cool and and being self-produced uh or is that a that's a choice on your part would you rather do it that way well I mean, it's not like we have people kicking down the door asking to like uh, release our uh, <laughs> sure. music on uh, on their label or but have, anything. Have you tried I mean, sending out to, to labels? Or I, going I've never that really route? done that. I'd, I don't know. I've never had any sort of. Uh, I've never really done that. Um, so maybe it's I'm not even sure how much benefit there is, but I, I don't know. But all I know is is with uh, you know, I'm also a painter and 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 trying to send out things to to galleries or something like that. Like uh, it doesn't. I've never had that work or, or applying to like a grant thing or uh, you know, any sort of a, 
I don't know. I've never had any luck with that. I just I just mm-hmm. sort of come at all this stuff from a sort of do-it-yourself um, punk rock way of doing things. And um, I mean, I'm we're open to, to work with people, of course. Uh, that mm-hmm. would be fantastic, uh, potentially. I mean, uh, definitely open to, to that. And, uh, and I'm sure there are people that have much more of an understanding of how this stuff works. And, and of course, labels have all kinds of... Um, connections of their own and things there's obviously benefits but um you know what starting back up after covid it was kind of like this is like a kind of simple thing we could do we were we we recorded you know on a small budget but the the songs turned out great and so that's why i was like oh, well i want to get them out there and uh and we were able to make the cds and uh figure out a uh in a way to package them uh, economically and get them sent out and uh, it's cool that all of a sudden it's actually starting to work that it was kind of shocking like how quickly it happened but um how quick was it well uh you know within a couple of weeks yeah. uh turnaround but i mean it's uh you know it's also it's funny like oh also with the head first album uh and doing this before i started to realize that it's like a you, you were talking about the business and sort of the art form of music earlier and whether you can use the word business, but it, it's interesting. There's another parallel uh, that I discovered when I was touring before and, and pushing the, the the songs on the radio, and that is it's it's very much like uh, kind of like a political campaign. And, um, and you know, you, you go around to these different places and kind of deliver your message or whatever your your songs right mm-hmm. and then you go and you might get invited to do an interview in a radio station and you go in there and uh several times on tour before when i did radio interviews uh it, it just happened to be it was at the time when uh obama got elected and literally uh one of the places uh, it was in massachusetts and they said oh yeah just so you know like obama was sitting in that chair you're sitting in in that booth and was you know uh, announcing his his run for the presidency, and when you hear something like that, it just it it's mind boggling. And um, but it's also opens your mind to realize that like what you're doing is even though it's like a grassroots thing, it's a very do it yourself uh, personal project you're doing. But it can affect a lot of other people, and mm-hmm. and and that's one of the things that touring bef- before has been incredible to like. You know, you can play a lot of shows here around and you, you see some of the same people and things like that. But when you get out on the road, something sort of different happens. And one of the most shocking things was uh, people in a in a place I'd never been singing songs like back to me while I'm singing. Them. And that was just an incredible experience. And, I, yeah. you know, afterwards, you're like, how do you even know? And, you know, and it turned out like they had played the songs on the radio and people had liked them enough to like download them or, or order the album or something mail order and uh and they knew the songs it's right. it's just kind of because i don't really expect people here locally <laughs> to come and like yeah. know the songs you know they might know myself or a bandmate or i had just uh you know heard the name of the band or something it's uh and, and of course in new york city there's a lot more competition than other cities so when you go uh out into the world it's really fascinating what sort of comes back to you and and there's something really great about it and, that, and that's why so many musicians do do that you know and it's like but
but it is it does end up being sort of like a a, a campaign you know like um like vote for us you know yeah yeah that's <laughs> and it's so ironic because today is uh, i guess uh uh, you know, people are voting today. So right, right. vote for aliens. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you mentioned playing in, in different places and like and how New York is a lot, a lot of competition, as you said. I I gather you used to play in Texas. Is, well, I is, did. Oh, I you, actually you started there? playing music live here in the East Village scene in okay. sort of like uh, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then... Basically, I, I got sick after 9-11, and, uh, and it became clear at a certain point that I needed to be around family because it was freaking out my friends, and it was I had had several bad hospital stays, and uh, I was just not in good health, and I needed some help. And, uh, and it was always misunderstood what was going on because uh, I was having symptoms of something that people didn't really even understand yet, you know, like with the trade center illnesses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it was a lot of major like bronchitis and pneumonia and stuff, and it was very serious. And um, I got to a point where okay. I, I like was having trouble, and I needed some, you know, I needed to be near family or something. So I contacted my family and I moved down, uh, moved my studio down to Texas again for about a year and a half or something, and um, and ended up being terrible because <laughs> I got much worse there. But then eventually found a doctor that was good, and then. Once I started wow. healing, um, I I started to um, I was working on music a lot, and then I started to be able to play. And as I got better, you know, was doing more and more, and um, had a band there, and decided to record. And uh, and then the whole band fell apart, but I was still recording, and I was I was just like very focused on it, uh, and and set on. Like, I had to get these songs I'd written out. You know, I'd been so sick and, like, (laughs) near-death experiences and stuff that I was just adamant to get the music out. And and then I did, and, you know, it was fascinating for it to, you know, be on the radio, and and then the music took me around the country, you Mm. know, uh, not the other way around. Mm. And Mm. so I kind of, like, rode that uh, whatever... uh, um, sound that I created kind of yeah. in a way um, around the country. I was able to tour several times uh, from that record. And and, oh. um, and then in the middle of all that, uh, the economy was tanking. And uh, I, 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 mean, I was only in Texas, I think the first stay was for like six months or something. And then okay. immediately I had to come back here because I... Uh, a friend of mine hired me to do something, and then and then I ended up playing at CBGBs and and doing some different stuff here, and and starting to play here more, and then so uh, I ended up uh, in Texas. I bought a van and I started going back and forth, and then of course with touring, I needed the van, so it kind of took me all over the place. And but as the economy was tanking in like whatever 2009, I guess. Um, I ended up getting booked here a lot, and so I just ended up coming back. And then I was playing all the time, and and I was really busy, uh, and until the the economy finally kind of fell apart here, a little bit later than everywhere else, um, and and I started to notice, um, you know, well, CBGB's closed, and several other venues that I played frequently started closing, and you you just right. really couldn't you couldn't play as much because for a while I was playing like every week, it was unbelievable. Wow. Um, you know, it might be like a small show or something, but it was somewhere, and it was like, 
you know, a little money in your pocket and like continue keeping things going. And, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to play like CMJ Fest and Village Voice, uh, music festival. And, and there were just so many different venues then. And, and it was a little more centralized, of course, like everything now has spread out and proliferated all over from, you know, Queens to Brooklyn, like all, all the boroughs basically. And, mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's strange to, or I don't know if it's strange, but, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing to have seen all this, all these changes. And, um, I don't know, uh, um, what you can really do about it, but you just try to find your way through all of that, you know? <laughs> is it, is it better now? Is it worse? Is it just different? Mm, I don't, I don't, well, the one thing that's really different is there's not as much of a scene in both the art and uh, the visual art and music world. I, I don't, I, but there is, it's just spread out more. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of harder to get to everything. Um, but, but actually since, since COVID I've run to so many more people recently. And, and there's also been this sort of, it kind of refreshed everything. And there's like a, a really cool uh, energy from people, both like the bands and the fans. I think there's a lot more bands actually because of it too. Cause I think a lot of people use their COVID uh, you know, hiding time or whatever it was yeah. to to uh, create something and express themselves and um, mm-hmm. and are coming back now with like a new band or a new uh, you know project and that's really cool to see and um, and the other thing is that the audiences seem different because there's a lot of, <laughs> New York City has that reputation of a sort of a uh, intelligent audience that is often bored with whatever they're seeing or or at least not necessarily bored but like outwardly they're not willing to necessarily freak out and they will stand there and you're not sure if you're going over or if they hate you or they love you you have no idea mm. until afterwards and then they'll tell you oh i, I really liked it or <laughs> and so it's confusing um but i've noticed and we've been really fortunate with uh, some of the places we've played uh, the crowds going totally nuts and dancing and jumping up and down and moshing and 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 really getting involved and you can really tell oh they're having a great time and that that makes us have more fun and and you you know it's going over and right and it and it's cool and that's something that you see often like touring if you go to like a smaller town or something there's nothing going on mm-hmm. they're so happy to have you there and they're, they're like you know there is more happening here on any given night so it's it's much more difficult to get the crowd in or whatever but but when you do and and this new sort of surge of energy is is really cool uh to see Mm. people with this uh um sort of willingness to like you know get into it you know and and move around and enjoy themselves outwardly as well as inside you know you've obviously had a lot of success booking gigs and that's a big part of things um any any kind of rules of thumb that you follow there in general i have done my own booking and just looking up the email address of the venue that i want to play and send them a message and Mm -hmm. and um and that tends to work um uh, especially like you know we have a website and stuff like that and and i've been doing it for a while and they look and they can see kind of what's going on and listen. And yeah. uh, usually, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's like the music, uh, I don't know if it sells itself, but uh, if you can show that you're doing something, then and they usually will get interested. And it's not easy getting a crowd or, or anything. I mean, it's something where, especially after COVID, it's it kind of like it's all different. And mm. so we're trying to reestablish like 
a new crowd. And um, and also there were several years there that I wasn't really that active due to uh, further illness stuff kind of blocking me. So, um, um, and uh, it, so it's sort of like, I feel like everything is kind of like rebooted. So it's a good time for people to try to do this. And there's so many new bands, like I was saying, I think they're getting out there right away and kind of, and and they're everything's sort of changing. So I don't know. We've been very fortunate with the last year or so, a little bit more, I guess, um, playing so many shows. And um, there's kind of been a variety of different places we played. and um, um, And we're trying to like, you know, build more of a of an audience and try to get them into shows and, and try to play better and better places or whatever. But there's definitely um places where we are friendly with the the staff there or whatever that, that um we we want to go back. I mean we played mm. at uh, Mercury Lounge uh, for the first time on uh, Labor Day mm. and that was great and um and I wasn't sure with the holiday situation if we were gonna really be able to bring in that many people but we did and and of course i I organized like i think we had five bands four or five bands and and everyone brought in people and it it was a great show and a very good audience and um mercury lounge was happy with it and we were all the bands were happy and um and it was a good event and that's something to sort of build on Mm -hmm. and that's like i guess the way we're looking at it right now try to like do more i mean i've never worked with like a booking agent or anything Mm -hmm. it's something that would be interesting because you think like oh it must make it easier (laughs) or something uh i mean obviously if someone's doing that then they're going to have connections their own and into maybe other venues that you that don't necessarily want to book a independent band or something i I don't really know because i haven't had experience with it even so even when you were touring uh off of the last album that was that was sending out emails to places that you wanted to go yeah, so I mean, like everything I've done is I've approached it as just like try to figure out how to do it myself, you know, because uh, I mean I I couldn't sure. afford to pay someone else to do it, and uh, I can I have an email address and a, and I can look up things, yeah. and it it just uh, it just sort of snowballed, and I started to learn like how to do it, and uh, it's really more about are you willing to do the work, and and also. You know, back then it was like with MySpace and Facebook and stuff, and those two platforms were great for uh, in their heyday or whatever. I, I guess people still use Facebook. I, I can hardly look at it now, but yeah. but I still try to use it. And um, uh, but but those were very good for bands to uh, be able to you know show like uh, we're this band from so and so, and and we're coming to your area. And you know mm. there were a lot of bands that that uh, ours and included that uh we were able to set up tours largely using that but also of course like uh you know you hear of a place in in a certain city and you think well that would be a great place to play and and you know my friend's band played there uh i'll yeah. write them an email and the, the cool thing is that uh the way this whole culture sort of works is like you know the the venues and and uh the live music venues need need bands right. so uh and they need fans and 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 so it's like it, it's it's working as a a business already <laughs> and, and if you can yeah. figure out how to get in there and and i guess the uh, my strategy if i have one is i guess try to make the best songs i can make write the write the best song i can and record it as the the best i can 
and um, try to get it out there and get heard by as many people as possible. I mean, it's kind of like a very basic <laughs> plan. It's sort of like, you know, like as old as like early rock and roll or blues music or something. It's like, uh, but, but well, that's Start that's with fine. a good product, right? I mean, uh, if music is your product, it's got to be as good as it uh, as it possibly can be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're... Especially the the interesting thing about the radio or someone finding your album and just you know sort of uh, betting on it or something in a way and like like yeah. I'm gonna buy this and take it home and see what it, what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, that's amazing because uh, uh, you know I'm not gonna be there to like perform or anything. Um, it just has to survive on its own and, yeah. and so so I try to like when I'm recording a song I want it to kind of have a certain sound and try to make it sound the best we can and you know make it work you know make it function <laughs> yeah and, and and kind of carry the whatever that idea is out into the air and um and you know it it's cool right now to like suddenly we're getting some airplay again with a with a new um set of songs and uh you know hopefully we can we can get more and more people to hear those and and and, and do more and you know get back out on the road that would be great um, i'm curious about touring did did it cost you money did you break even did you make money how uh, well, it's expensive to travel it depends on which tour we're talking about because uh, okay. i did well on the first one and uh and now you know it's very diy diy and very first time you know and and just like setting up things on the internet and and like i said with the the social media or whatever. And and then as I did that, I kind of developed some relationships with different places around the country, just like here, you know. And and again, it's all really about people and places. And, and mm-hmm. so the first time out, it was good. And then some of the other small tours we did uh, were good. We had one in the 2010, uh, I had a single called The Inside, which is actually on the, it's one of the ones uh, sort of, trying to catch everyone up to to now okay. that's on the agorphonic ep and cool. um so we put that out i believe it was 2010 uh and um got some radio play from it uh that was very cool and some interest so i booked a tour but i booked a for the first time a winter tour in december but i had checked like the long-term forecast <laughs> everything looked good um unfortunately there was a nor'easter and we ended up following it or it following us and like catching back up to us oh, as no. we went all the way across the country mm. and uh like the i spun the van on black ice in in lawrence kansas on the highway and was very lucky like to keep it to like get it going straight again and avoid hitting anyone mm. uh it was crazy and, and uh we got snowed in in texas which is not normal <laughs> yeah right um and uh and our show and the worst thing though was in in Los Angeles, we were supposed to play the biggest show of the tour, which was at the Roxy. And uh, there was like monsoon rains and uh, million dollar mansions were, were, were falling in the ocean. Uh, we we actually made it to the venue, but had to drive all the way around uh, like this crazy route, just going around places because like the manhole covers were off and, and like oh neighborhoods God. were flooded. Yeah. And um and we got there, and there was a hole in the ticket booth, and there was like water on the floor, and there was just Shit. no show. Mm-hmm. So, um, luckily, like a, a friend of mine that I, I knew years before that showed up, and then we went to the Rainbow Room uh, to see if Lemmy was there, and he wasn't. He was on tour, <laughs> but uh, and then we 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 got some food and and uh, had some drinks, and 
and and uh, ended up having a good night. But it would have been better to play the Roxy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe next time, maybe, you know. Yeah, maybe this time. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like, you know, you that's the other thing about touring is you you don't know what will happen. So, um, but yeah, so it wasn't lucrative the last tour. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that one was more of just like, okay, we survived it, you know. Right, and yeah. that was and that was just just bad luck with the weather and yeah, not, you, not much you, you can't, can do about that. It's it's one of those funny things you can't control the weather, and even here that's been a problem. We we did a show at Bowery Electric, uh, our first show coming back from COVID, and uh, and it was absolutely pouring. And then I think mm. the next show after that there was actually a hurricane hitting here, and, and uh, I think uh, like Third Avenue was like underwater, and uh, uh, so yeah. It, 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 that's hard on on audiences because of course yeah. you don't want to get soaked and go stand in a yeah. in a venue for an hour or two you know right um, yeah. sounds like the inspiration for leave luck to heaven maybe <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I don't, I, that one was more about a like a it more came from like a person a personal relationship with with someone not really but but yeah it, it could it relates I mean that's 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 the thing I try to do with songs to try to make them. Well, they're they're specific in a way, but they're um, open to where you could they could could relate to other people more. You know, mm-hmm. the EP. What I've heard of it sounds really cool. So, uh, oh, also, thank you. Agoraphonic is also a great name. So, uh, oh, co- compliments on that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, best of luck with the continued radio play and uh, setting up a tour. And I appreciate you talking with me today. Yeah, man. Likewise. Thanks for uh, for having me. Okay.